if all of your photos that you share with somebody else are stored on somebody's cloud backup, that's a much more dangerous thing than if it's shared in the peer-to-peer, end-to-end encrypted yep. messaging system, right? Where those things live on one other person's device. Now, then you have to assume that the person at their end is going to treat your data respectfully too, but that's a social construct between you and a human rather than you and a corporation who has different motivations. Hello, and welcome to Privacy is Awesome. This show is all about data privacy, and each episode explores a different piece of the data privacy puzzle. We chat with the experts, discuss the changes that can make a difference, and hopefully give you, our listeners, some tools to claw back some much-needed control over your personal information. I'm Mary Stone Ross, the Chief Privacy Officer at Awesome Privacy, a company that builds privacy-centric products that are private by design. And that brings me to today's subject. On this week's show, we'll talk about what privacy by design actually means. Joining me today is Dave Evans, Austin's Chief Design Officer. Hey, Dave, thanks for joining us. Nice to be here. Oh, I I really appreciate it. I think you're taking time of your very, very busy work schedule. Is that right? I've been spending all morning trying to figure out how to categorize certain language around privacy because I'm working on AI stuff now because that's <laughs> the heavy thing. And like, it's just data all day and it's making my head spin. Good thing you made a, a paper bag to go over it. I, that's, that was where I ended up. <laughs> Sometimes it's the only place you can get. <laughs> and also joining me today is Haley Sukayama the Associate Director of Legislative Activism at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, where her main focus is on state legislation. Hi, Haley. Hi, Mary. Nice to be here. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Before we dive into today's show, I want to go on a little rant on why it was so important to me to do this episode. Privacy by design is a term that is thrown around a lot in the privacy regulatory landscape. Its true meaning was first conceptualized in 1995 by Anne Kavokian, who came up with a framework of basic principles where, to quote her white paper, privacy must be incorporated into network data systems and technologies by default. Privacy must become integral to organizational priorities, project objectives, design processes, and planning operations. Today, we hear this term a lot especially in the privacy compliance and regulatory framework. As someone who has been integrally involved in the privacy compliance space from both the regulatory and the engineering perspective, I find it frustrating that often companies use it as a marketing or a sales pitch without really changing the way the products are engineered or used. In my eyes, privacy by design has become a band-aid applied after the fact instead of what it should be, thinking about how to protect data and information before the point of collection. Haley, you've been involved a lot in the regulatory fight around privacy. Do you think I'm being overly negative in my assessment of how companies are approaching privacy by design? You're absolutely right that the idea behind privacy by design is, I mean, it's it's the clue is in the name, right? Is that you're thinking about how to protect people's information, how you are a responsible steward of that information from the very beginning so that you don't have to slap it on later as a Band-Aid, as you said. But I think as we've seen this conversation evolve, people know that privacy by design sounds very good and they're willing to say, oh yeah, we'll adhere to privacy by design principles, but they're not actually changing the way that they run their programs or um, speaking broadly as a, as a generalization, right? Um, we're not seeing 
a lot of companies, we're certainly not seeing the very large companies really actually change the way that they do things, but they say, oh, yes, we have great respect for your privacy and we um, take privacy concerns very seriously. Those are words and not actions. So I think you're spot on. Dave, what do you think as a designer? What is the hardest part of designing for privacy in a practical design sense and an engineering sense? My role is to create devices, electronics that you want to carry around in your daily life to make your life work a little better and like have access to the modern conveniences that come with living in an interconnected world. Data, if you consider it in the abstracts, anything that we generate with our digital devices that can then be shared, moved around, copied, manipulated, and used to inform how those things operate. And that's a pretty broad thing that can be encompassed, right? So anytime you have any contact with a digital device, at all, it's going to create information. That information in a digital format just wants to be copied. It wants to be shared. It's a highly portable thing. And I'm ascribing agency to these things where there is none. But as a format, it lends itself to these things so readily that you have corporations that want to then use those things to create new opportunities to open these things up. That's an attitudinal shift, right? But as we create things, you know, we make phones, things like that. Those things have on them all these means of data capture, right? Whether it's a camera or a microphone or even the keyboard, accelerometers, GPS, compasses, this wide suite of capabilities that do unlock a lot of potency that is really relevant for our daily lives, all just creates this bulk of information that doesn't have any particular intent or agency until it's given over to a device or a corporation that makes those devices and services to utilize. And so there's an awful lot of trust that comes into those things. So if we think about that cascade of we create things that gather information in order to use the information, there's a bizarre kind of dynamic where the person creating the device, someone like me, I'm going to shape this thing, I'm going to put microphones on it, cameras in it so that you can carry it around your pocket and use it for stuff. I have no idea what it's going to get used for. I'm creating a general purpose tool that feeds into an ambiguous system. I would like to create those things so that they have some kind of ontological orientation, right? Like I want those things to have a direction that they work for people, but they work to be convivial, useful, personal, respectful, have those boundaries. But it's almost, I don't mean to abdicate responsibility, but it's almost impossible to do that from the source if you don't know what it's going to get fed into. So we're exploring all the time different ways to, to structure the information to process the information, to create devices that don't have to do as much sharing. Lots of different ways we can get to those things. But as we're creating from the kind of get-go, there's a little bit of a challenge in terms of not just throwing your hands up and saying, well, I, I don't have control over those things because they move into these corporations that run the big data centers and they can do what they want with it. But it is kind of the default attitude of people who create the machines that we carry around all the time is to not worry about it because it seems out of our hands. So thank you for that. There's a lot to unpack there. And I, I think part of what we're up against is that the data itself isn't bad, right? Like we, we want this data, we need this data. And as an individual, we benefit from this data. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we want some of these systems to have this data too. So how do we get a product where we can use this information, but in a way that doesn't take advantage of our sensitivities. All these things come in through value systems, right? What are the individual values? What are our collective values? And how do you honor those things? 
experience, right? And I think even immediately this breaks down into, do you expect that the social expectations inclusive of the legal system will do the work for you? Or do you expect that individuals and corporations will do those things on your behalf as well? And off the bat, it's a total quagmire, right? Because I think in the United States, for instance, we expect that private enterprise holds this responsibility for the most part, that individuals should limit the amount of data they share to corporations because the corporations have license to do with it what they want is the working collective assumption, right or wrong, that is the social context, even if it's not actually the formal social construct we've all agreed upon. And then if you move over to Europe, especially with the advent of GDPR and other things coming in in terms of uh, the data rights and management, that is not the same collective assumption where the data is more individually oriented. You should have more control over those things. And it's not the responsibility of the corporation. It's the responsibility of the corporation to honor the individual rather than to like harvest from the collective. And then, of course, there's other extremes too. You know, I would assume that in authoritarian states, you know, such as China, the data like it's getting collected, like you understand that it's going to a central repository and it will be used for its own purposes. And so this spectra is already one that we're quite difficult to navigate. Again, in my own context, because we're collect, you're building single multi-purpose devices that go to a plethora of environments and different social constructs. And we, again, I think the default is for people to kind of throw their hands up and let the people who are collecting the data sort those things out. But it's not ill-defined, right? Those things actually do exist. There are boundaries. They're just difficult to navigate and it requires effort on the parts of the providers. And Haley, at EFF, how have you seen the regulatory framework shift in terms of the discussion around privacy by design? Part of what Dave was saying really resonates with me, which is I think right now in the in the U.S., we certainly do have a, a privacy regime that requires individuals to take the onus upon themselves to manage their privacy in a way that Let's be honest, a lot of people just don't have the time to do. You have the time or the energy or the knowledge to like chase down after every app that your doctor asks you to download or that parking garage, you know, we have to park here and I need this app right now to park here to pay for my parking. So people don't really have the capability to do that. I think we are seeing some inroads, not a lot, but some over the course of time of people saying like, okay, I think there are some duties that companies have to think of when they're rolling out products, right? So maybe it's not necessarily couched as privacy by design, but they are saying like, there are duties that companies have to at least let people know what information they have, what information we're sharing, give people the right to say I don't want you to share that. Or in some cases, there's data that they don't want them to collect. So those are not exactly privacy, but it's not mandating privacy by design principles exactly. But it is trying to get at this idea that corporations have more of a responsibility than we have traditionally asked them to take on when it comes to privacy. And I think that is a good thing. It's a slow moving arc. I'm heartened by the fact that when I started as a reporter in 2010, looking at these issues, there was no way that privacy legislation was ever going to pass. And so now we are seeing some of these things come in. We're seeing companies have to take a little more responsibility. It's not where I'd like it to be necessarily. And it's certainly not um, the mindset from the company perspective hasn't shifted to where I'd like it to be for them to say, oh, this is people's personal information. We have a responsibility to protect it. We have a responsibility to be good stewards of it all the way. But I do think that we are seeing the needle move very slowly. 
Dave, as a designer, how have you approached privacy by design at Awesome? Yeah. So we work under the implicit assumption that corporations that the data goes to are going to use it for their own purposes and not for your purposes, right? Even if those things are well-intentioned. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be perfectly aligned. And so because we are a smaller company and we're building software based on these shared platforms, whether it's the mobile systems or whether it's the web, that those things are just going to go out into the wild. And so the best thing that we can do is empower individuals to have more awareness over what their data is doing and also to give them more control over where their data is moving on a relatively granular basis, right? So an example might be a photograph. Photograph doesn't just contain the information that you see in a very literal sense of how the pixels are arranged, but also contains often things like the GPS coordinates that it was taken at, the time of day, the information could include things about your hardware, such as like what kind of phone you use and what it's connected to. A lot of that information, which is usually dubbed metadata, has no necessary benefit to the way you're trying to share it, say, if you put it on a social media platform, where you're assuming it's going to go out to the public. You want this thing to be shared with people, but you don't want to share all the information. You want to share like just the cute picture of yourself and your puppy out on a walk, right? You don't necessarily want to show the exact neighborhood you're doing that walk in or the time of day. So that someone might be able to coordinate an arrangement to meet you and your puppy at whatever time you seem to be walking all the time, right? These things are relatively sensitive, even if you don't think of them as so. And so we've done something where we've built in the strip that information out of a photo before you share it and make that an automatic set. Every time you move a photograph off of your phone and into the wild, that it takes out information that you may not be intentionally sharing. Or if you want to share those things in a the repository, you opt into that on your own terms. And we make those things off by default. We want to make sure that like people aren't unintentionally doing these things, rather are intentionally doing these things. So we're moving the bias towards privacy and away from kind of public and indiscriminate sharing. That's one example amongst many, but it shows kind of the attitude of how we try to approach these things and put it deep under the hood. So it's not something that people have to make a deliberate choice to do, but rather it's just the way the software works from the get-go. And hardware, right? Or the oh, privacy sure. cable. These things are one and the same. Yeah. And Haley, does EFF have any resources that a person who might want to protect their privacy better through technology can go to to find out if a product is actually designed privacy forward? So we have a lot of guides on, you know, like how to manage your own settings with things that you may have. We don't necessarily do product reviews, though there are a lot of folks who do um, consumer reports, takes a look at privacy as part of their evaluations. Mozilla has done some good work on looking at, uh, they have a, a project called Privacy Not Included, I think, where they look at products and really try and analyze like, you know, what you could do. Um, and then, yeah, we have our own, what we call surveillance self-defense guides. So, you know, those are really for folks who find themselves either in everyday situations or in unusual situations. Like if you're attending a protest or if you are seeking healthcare that is criminalized in some states, right, on ways to configure the most common devices in ways that at least can give you some measure of protection. So I, I definitely think that there's a big consumer appetite for that, right? I think as we've seen the conversation around privacy get more sophisticated at the legislative level, we've seen consumers really pushing that. I think people innately understand that privacy is a thing that they want, even if they don't necessarily know how to get it from the products that are available on the market. And so I think we are seeing a lot more interest uh, in, in that kind of thing. 
And going back to what we were talking about with companies sort of putting a Band-Aid on privacy, but not actually doing anything about it. I mean, how do you think that we get the legislative and regulatory framework to shift to actually force them to truly design things with privacy first? I mean, that is the priceless question, right? It's hard, of course. I mean, you know, I think the folks who want people to think about privacy first, privacy by design, privacy by default, right? The people who want to think about these things are in some ways outmatched in the legislative context. I feel like that's a a fair thing to say, right? Like a bunch of civil society groups with folks like me, one person focused on state legislation, I'm never going to be able to be in as many places as a... Okay, you're (laughs) underestimating your abilities. A (laughs) well-funded tech lobbyist. However... I do think the things that I have seen be most persuasive is, you know, at the end of the day, state legislatures and state legislators are interested in what their constituents think, right? So when we can really organize stories from people about, you know, why privacy matters, about why it's important to have a specific provision in a bill, something like strong enforcement or something like, uh, you know, even really wonky things like the definition of sell versus share, right? Which is a thing that comes up a lot in um, in privacy. I know like, nothing about that. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, when we have people who are saying like, no, this matters to me because my phone gave up location information that was used to in some way negatively affect me. When we're really able to articulate those harms and use personal stories, that is really, I think, what moves the hearts and minds of lawmakers. It can be very difficult to organize, but I think that is the way that we get somewhere better. And then we just don't give up. I think it's really easy for people to say, privacy is dead. I'm giving all my information. It's all out there. There's nothing I can do. And I think just remembering, one, that new recent information is important to driving this whole ecosystem and also saying, you know, that privacy is not dead. It is a thing that is worth continuing to fight for is really important. So not losing heart is the other thing. When I think also, I I mean, to throw around another term you hear a lot in the privacy context is the privacy paradox that you have to choose convenience versus privacy. And I think that we're proving that you really can have both, that you can choose to protect maybe not everything, but big chunks of your information and stuff that reaches the level of needing to protect. And still, you have technology that you're going to want to use in your daily life. Dave, what do you think about that? I think I don't know that much about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just put your bag back. No, I understood. So balancing the dynamic between privacy and convenience, right? I think like the working assumption is that the data and information you share about yourself to these products and services enables them to operate. And I think that's a reasonable working assumption. It tends to then skew, I think, the data conversation and the privacy conversation into adjacent details. Like, are we really talking about privacy in the sense of the corporation doesn't have your information in the first place? Or is it about it treats it respectfully, right? Is it treats it with security, right? I think you see this, the conversation around what privacy by design means shifted into things like, we have your data, but we anonymize it. We have your data, but we keep it safe and it's not going to leak or be hacked, right? 
it's a, a little bit of a moving the goalposts and shifting the conversation. And those things are quite relevant topics and they're important to be addressed, but they don't necessarily get at the actual details of what privacy means. And I think some of these may actually be fully intractable. Like it's quite difficult to do something like uh, to share photographs of sensitive parts of one's body with someone else on purpose and assume <laughs> that those things are going to be maintained as private, right? There's some behaviors that just are maybe not compatible with the shared environment. And but how do you educate those things, right? Or how do you limit the reach and damage of those? If all of your photos that you share with somebody else are stored on somebody's cloud backup, that's a much more dangerous thing than if it's shared in the peer-to-peer, end-to-end encrypted yep. messaging system, right? Where those things live on one other person's device. Now, then you have to assume that the person at their end is going to treat your data respectfully too, but that's a social construct between you and another human rather than you and a corporation who has different motivations. So I think there are still ways to bound those things, but they come with a level of fidelity that's quite difficult to navigate, certainly in an automated fashion, let alone in a conscious fashion, because it is quite a lot of cognitive burden on the user to get there. But we know that it's achievable, right? So how do we break that down in its constituent problems so we can address it on a piece-by-piece basis? Like, it's a real mess, but it's <laughs> worth trying to tackle. I think we as a small company are trying to, to bite away at those and things that we think are relatively achievable and distinctively powerful enough on a case-by-case basis. But these mega corporations that have thousands of engineers working on these systems probably need to address it across the board, and we're not seeing that initiative. Right, because I think going back to what Haley's working on, there isn't enough pressure on them to do so. Right. And I think that's because what people mean by privacy is an amorphous and slippery topic. I recall a John Oliver episode in which he interviews Edward Snowden, right? Who arguably has done quite a lot to try to raise the visibility of data collection by private corporations, by the government in ways that may not be used in alignment with kind of public wishes and their intention, right? Yep. And it did not raise the outcry that he was expecting. And in that episode, the comedian said, watch this. And he told people on the street about the data they're collecting and they got collective shrugs. And then he said, did you know that Apple can see your dick pics, right? And people got up in arm, which is very funny television, but also an indictment of how these things are being discussed, right? Yeah. Because it's not understood to be one and the same. And we haven't made manifest for most people the actual hazards of what's going on in terms of the generalized data policies, because they're so abstracted and so diffuse that they don't present a clear and specific intrusion of a violation of your privacy and your authority over your own information. Well, and I think also there really hasn't been good alternatives that privacy focused technology has been very onerous to use. And so for an individual that just wants to use Google Maps or wants to make a phone call, that's all they want to do, right? They, they don't want to go through 50 million different steps to make sure no one else is spying on them. It is a so supply ha- demand thing, though, right? Everything like we're in a venture capital funded business, right? And in VC land, there's a turn of phrase where people say like, You can't sell vitamins, but you can always sell painkillers, right? And so the notion being, you can tell people that you should take this because it's better for you and your life will be marginally better. But if it's not obviously apparent that you need, need, need it, it doesn't often get used. But people who are really, truly frustrated or in pain will always adopt the product. 
And I think we haven't moved a lot of the privacy conversation into the active pain and frustration category. It's much more of a should than a must. And so I think like this runs a risk of victim blaming, right? Like I don't want to be in a place where we're saying that the public is responsible for making enough outcry that the corporations will respond to it. But it is a conversation and we need to own up to those things. It's, it's going to be hard to ask profit motivated organizations to say like curtail your behavior because you ought to. Um, right. They're never going to. And yeah. they, 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 they're beholden to the shareholders, not right. to their customers. Right. Which is why people always ask me, what should I be doing? And I'm like, I mean, there are a lot of settings I could show you or, you know, whatever, depending on what you want to do. But to me, we have to shift the incentives for companies. And that's where the, to me, that's where the legislative piece comes in. And of course, shifting that conversation in the legislatures is also very difficult. But I really think this is not like a, it's not an individual thing, right? Um, it's not a thing that we can, we can each do ourselves. We have to come together and talk about it. Well, I'm glad you're here to talk about it with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I think that's a good place to wrap our first episode of Privacy is Awesome. Haley and Dave, thank you both for joining us today. And um, this will be a regular every month that we're exploring different aspects of privacy and how from an engineering and technology perspective, you as an individual can better have control over your personal information. Very cool. Very honored to be part of your inaugural episode. Buy my products. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thank you. Dave.